It's the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs is in his 41st year as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. I wanted to tell you what a great service you provide to this community. I listen to your show every week. Thank you for what you do for our community, for all the parents, coaches, and athletes. And now, here's your host, rated one of the best therapists in Kansas City, Missouri, by OnlineTherapy.com, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports, and... I've been in practice for 41 years now, just beginning my 41st year of work as a sports psychologist on the radio for 30 years, the last 20 here, years here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Our shows are podcasted all over on all the apps, and you can also hear them on my website, winnersunlimited.com, as well as here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. You know, I do this show for your listeners as a guide, as a as a psychologist to help you deal with issues, to talk about sports, to talk about life, and we, we talk about the connection those two things have. And of course, being that yesterday uh, is 9-11, our thoughts go out to all the people who've been hurt over these past years, all the, the tragedies and things that have happened in this country because of that, and watching on television the reflections yesterday, the, the ceremonies, you know, it, it, it makes me proud that I belong in this country, I live in this country, and hopefully as a country we can start to come together and get through all this division that's going on and work together to be the great country that we've been and can continue to be. As, as I do this show each week, I try to bring up topics that I think will be of value, and we're going to get into one today, but before we do... I have several people I've been close to my whole life, uh, best friends, got three of them, and one of them, his name's Dr. John Hellsberg's birthday today, and I want to wish him a happy, happy birthday. One of, the be- <clears throat> one of the best people I've ever known. We've been friends since we were four, and we're in our mid-60s now, and uh, a wonderful human being, a, a great physician, and a great friend. I want to wish him a happy birthday. As I get going today, the topic I want to bring up pertains to the start of the sports season here in the fall. The NFL season is getting started. Well, it started Thursday, this previous Thursday with the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. And now, of course, all the other games are going to be today, starting today and tomorrow, being Monday Night Football. The topic of expectations Here in Kansas City, those expectations are ginormous. The Chiefs are favored by everybody pretty much to go to the Super Bowl again. Will they? Who knows what will happen? It's a 17, not 16, 17-game season. 
So many different things can go on during the course of a season. College football's in full swing now, going through the second weekend. And all the other college sports are, are going, soccer, volleyball, cross country. So many different things are happening. And so many teams have high expectations. So many individuals have high expectations for their teams, for what's going to happen. I want to talk about that today, expectations and how you handle it, how you react to it, how you deal with it. What happens when the expectations you have for your season don't go the way you want? I want to get into that today. And I I want to hear from you. If you're a sports fan, which anyone who listens to this show is a fan of some kind of sport, how do you handle expectations of your team when they don't go the way you want? And as a coach, as an athlete, when, when the team doesn't play the way you expected, when the expectations for the season don't go the way you want, what do you do? How do you react? How do you respond? And how do you keep it from going into a tailspin? That's what I'd like to get into today. And I'd love to hear from you. If you're a sports fan and you have high expectations for your team and things don't go well, the team doesn't play well, how do you handle that as a fan? Here in Kansas City, tailgating is gigantic. Even though the game today is not till late in the afternoon, there'll be people heading out to the stadium early to tailgate, barbecue, and do all the pregame fun activities that go on. And, of course, everybody needs to be careful in light of COVID that's still going on in a very terrible pace right now. But as a fan, how do you handle expectations of your team? What happens when your team... You know, you're all excited and things don't go well. How do you handle that? How do you react to that? How do you respond to that? If you're an athlete, if, if you're on a team that has high goals for a season and things don't start out the way you want, what do you do? How do you react? I always work with so many athletes and teams, and we talk about plan A and plan B. Plan A is what you want to do. Plan B is if things don't go the way you want. You know, what does winning really mean? You know, to me, it, obviously you want to, winning means coming out on top. But to me, winning means, did you do your best that day? If you keep doing your best, eventually things are going to go the way you want. Losing is giving up, quitting, not accomplishing your goals. Obviously, you can go one or the other in a, in a, in a game unless you're allowed to tie which is a rare occasion unless you're playing professional soccer. That's about the only sport where tying seems to happen more often than, than any other sport. So the expectations of a season as a, as a fan can be very, very high for your teams. College football's seen a rash of upsets already. A lot of people are disappointed that their teams haven't played well. But I think the key thing with, with sports is as best as you can trying to emotionally have as much of an even keel as possible. Yes, you get excited about a game. I get excited when I go to to sporting events of teams that I support, like the Chiefs. But if things don't go well, it can't destroy your life. And I see so many people who live and die through their their sports teams to the point that affects them, affects their daily life, affects their emotions. So expectations is a topic I want to get into today, and I'd love to hear from you. If you're a coach and you coach your team to succeed, you have high goals for a season, 
and the expectations don't go the way you want, things don't go the way you want, how do you catch that before it turns into a free fall? What do you do if things don't go well? How do you get your athletes to get back on, on task, back on board? I'd love to hear from if you're an athlete, you have expectations for your play, how you're going to do, and things don't go the way you want. What do you do about it? You know, I always like to say you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will come out on top. Well, what does a stronger mind mean? To me, it means you have a good mental preparation routine. You have a game plan in your mind. You have, as I say, plan A and plan B. Plan A is here's what I expect things to go. Here's how I hope things will go. And hopefully it'll go that way. But plan B is if things don't go the way I want, how do I adjust? How do I react? How do I respond? Upsets happen in sports all the time. That's the, that's the way of sports is. Sometimes you're going to be favored heavily. You won't win. Sometimes you, you won't be favored and you will. So the expectations you place in yourself and how you handle the pressure is so important. So I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach, you're an athlete, or you're a fan. If you have high expectations for your team, I'd love to hear from you how you handle it if it doesn't go the way you want. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. And now, State of Play with former Washington, D.C. Mayor Sharon Pratt. Our topic today, the future of policing in America. But once you have a historical context, you understand why once there was professional policing in this country, it was really designed to patrol uh, slaves as well as other sort of new immigrant types who came to America. And so you understand better why there's pushback in the police department. They may want to do it, but it institutionally was uh, anchored in having that kind of mission. So maybe defund the police is the way to go. You know, start anew. I'm not sure. For more, watch State of Play TV Saturdays and Sundays at noon, 11 central on the Black News Channel or go to State of Play TV on YouTube. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? 
What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour for flagship station Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week bringing up topics about the world of sports psychology, your mind, your attitude. As I mentioned, I've been getting my 41st year of work this past week. And I've had the privilege to work with so many great people throughout my career, professional, amateur, Olympic, high school, youth, pro, doesn't matter. I've worked with athletes at all levels. And one of the common themes that I'll attack and address with people when they come in my office are the goals and expectations they have for their season, for what they're going to be doing. It doesn't matter if it's an individual or team sport. And we talk so much about Mental preparation, we talk about the mindset, how that plays a role in what you do. And as I mentioned earlier in our first segment, I I always talked with with people about plan A and plan B or a backup plan. You know, here's how you expect things to go. Here's how you hope things are going to go. But what are the what ifs? And I always ask my clients to write out a what if list. Some people say, well, you're setting them up for failure. I'm going, no, I'm setting them up for success. Because... At some point, things are not going to go right in a game, in a performance, in a season. And you have to have a plan to handle that. And when you hear successful coaches talk after a game, a loss, a a bad situation, they will talk about how it's on them. I know the Kansas City Chiefs coach Andy Reid, I listened to him in the postgame shows, and even though the team rarely loses, when they do, One of the first things he always says, it's on me. It's on me. It starts with me. It's my responsibility. It's the coach's responsibility. We've got to do a better job. And I think that's an extremely admirable thing to say, and it it takes the pressure off the players too because it starts with leadership. Great leaders take responsibility, I think, and great leaders have plans on how to deal with success and failure. So how do you deal with the expectations that you have 
for your season if things don't go your way? What do you do as an athlete? If you're having a season not start off the way you want, how do you handle that? How do you respond? How do you deal with the fans? How do you deal with the so the media? How do you deal with all the expectations of other people? All right, my, my producer, Blake Schneiders, has played sports at all levels up to the collegiate level. And he played at Austin P with the famous chant, Let's Go P, uh, one of the greatest sports chants there has ever been. So, Blake, let me ask you this question, and let's, let's hope we get some calls in. I'd like to hear from you if you're a fan, if you're a coach or an athlete. When ex- the expectations for your season don't go the way you want, how do you respond to that? So, Blake, you played football in college, and I'm sure there were scenarios that didn't go the way you wanted. So what happened? How did you respond? How did you react? Or did things fall apart? Uh, I've been on two separate ends of that. Uh, I've had a a season where things definitely did not go to plan. And the entire season, unfortunately, fell apart. But there's a point in your season where you realize, hey, things aren't going according to plan. And that's typically where you try to sit down with your team, sit down with your coaches. Uh, and really, it's more teammate to teammate where you start talking, hey, what what are we doing here? What's going on? What's our goal? But I, I've had a season where you've had that conversation and it just still didn't, it still did not go your way. And that was um, one of the worst seasons I've ever been a part of where I, I don't believe, I, I believe we were five and six. It's my worst record ever. Um, not very good. And in and, and those times, it's just rough. You know, you, you try to get through week to week. You try to, you know, talk to your teammates. You try to, you know, your coaches are doing the same things. They're trying to talk to you guys because, you know, no coach likes to lose. It's That's tough, though. But then I've also been on the flip side, been a part of teams where uh, I was part of uh, a, a Kansas State Kansas State football team that not Kansas State football team but a Kansas state team we went right. to the state championship a high school team a high school team um, where we lost three or four straight games and it looked like we weren't going to make the playoffs at all and then we had a a heart to heart with our coach coach Hoover at the time he he now is i believe the head coach for uh uh, Shawnee Mission East, but at the time he was our offensive coordinator at, uh, at Miege, and, and he gave us one of the greatest speeches I've ever had, one of the greatest talking tos as a coach, because it was one of those where he sat down and he said, I'm open to listening. What do you guys think? And we've talked about this before on your show, where the coach comes to you and says, I want to know how you guys feel. Well, and that's, that's okay, we talked last week about the importance of or a couple weeks ago, excuse me, having a practice where you don't practice physical skills, you sit down and talk as a team about emotions and feelings, and I think that's so important. You know, in light of this, what we're talking about here, two examples come to my mind about expectations. One would be the Super Bowl a few years ago when the Patriots were playing the Falcons. The Falcons were up, I believe it was 28-3 to at halftime. The Patriots won overtime. And Tom Brady afterwards talked about how they focus on the next play, the next play, the next play. And then, of course, here in Kansas City, two years ago in the first round of the AFL or AFL, AFC playoffs, I'm still thinking about the 60s. Anyway, uh, Chiefs are losing 24 to nothing at the end of the first quarter in Houston. Um, but this is where great leadership comes in. Patrick Mahomes, 
who has has been quoted many times about what happened on the sideline. Hey, let's go, let's go. It's our game. Let's next play, next play, next play. Before you knew it, halftime, Chiefs were up 28-24 because they stuck to their game plan. They stuck to what they believed in. They, they stayed focused on the task. The game wasn't over. They played one out of four quarters. And I remember there was a guy sitting behind my son and me cursing and all down in the dumps, angry for how much money he paid for a playoff ticket. And I remember my son said to me, my son Johnson said, Dad, we've just played one quarter. There's three more to go. I said, I know. The game's not over. You don't give up that early. So that's that's where I think I think you have to play the whole game and you have to stick to the plan if, if you believe in it. So just a funny, funny story about that game. I actually went with my girlfriend to that game last year. To this day, one of the greatest sporting events I've ever been to. Just in ter- in terms of highs and lows, all encompassing throughout one event. But <laughs> we started, my parents had season tickets as well, so we went down and met them at their seats, and there wasn't anybody sitting next to them at the time. So we tried to sit there for a little while. Well, down 24 to nothing, the people who were we whose seats we were sitting in, they showed up. So we said, okay, let's go let's go to our regular season. We had seats up in the 300s. Now, we were still on the 50-yard line, so it's still a good seat. There's really not a bad seat at Arrowhead. But as soon as we get up to our, our actual seats, we turn around, sit down, is when um, I believe the Chiefs scored their first touchdown. So it was almost as soon as we switched seats, the momentum completely changed so you're gonna in that say, game. So you're going to say that's why? I, I full-heartedly attribute that to that being why. Well, there, there's your superstitions <laughs> coming out. No, but, but but when we talk about, but seriously, but this whole issue of, you know, you expect a certain, you hope things are going to go a certain way, you expect things to go a certain way, and they don't. That's where I think the great teams, the great athletes, don't allow free fall in the course of a game. You know, things don't start off well. They mentally are strong enough, confident enough, focused enough to stay within themselves, to stay within the game plan, to, to, to stay focused on what they have to do. I've talked so many times on this show about upsets. Why do upsets happen? Upsets happen because teams are not prepared for everything. When they fall behind, they stress out, they freak out, and they lose their focus. But I'd like to hear from you. As an athlete, as a coach, how do you deal with the expectations of your team when things don't start off the way you want? As a fan... What are the expectations you have for your team? And when it doesn't go well, how do you handle that? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. And now, State of Play with former Washington, D.C. Mayor Sharon Pratt. And our topic today, the technology gap, especially for communities of color, whether it's jobs, businesses, or the adverse impact in getting credit or uh, in the criminal justice system. These um, automated decision systems have to be taught how to make decisions. They don't just grow on trees. And so the question is, is how do we teach them? We teach them by feeding past data, past human decisions, whether it's who gets loans, who gets paroled, um, you know, who gets the job. So we take that historic data and we train these systems how to make future predictions and decisions. It's almost as if technology is sort of uh, trailing alongside systemic inequalities. For more, watch State of Play TV, Saturdays and Sundays at noon, 11 central on the Black News Channel, or go to State of Play TV on YouTube. 
America. Your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. <laughs> Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio, 810 WHB here in Kansas City. Always love doing the show with you every week as we talk about the mental side of sports. Today's topic is this one. It's about expectations and how you deal with the expectations as an athlete, as a coach, as a fan. And I'd love to hear from you if you are listening this morning to what we're talking about and get your thoughts on this. Because, you know, as seasons start, of course, college football's just got started. The NFL's starting today with the exception of the opening game on this previous Thursday. Everyone's got expectations for their teams. But what happens if things don't go the way you want? How do you handle that? As a, as a fan, what goes through your mind? How do you deal with that? Do you lose faith in your team if things don't start off the right way? You know, throughout my 41 years of work, 
one of the things we always talk about when I work with individuals, we come up, we talk about goals. We talk about materialistic and non-materialistic goals. We talk about expectations that teams have. And we talk about how teams feel about what they, they want to do and, and what what the what-ifs, the, the, the game plans, the plan A and plan B. If things don't go the way you want right off the bat, how do you adjust and how do you respond? You know, when the season starts, everybody's in a good mood, everybody's positive, everybody's upbeat. But then you have to have a game plan for the, for the what-ifs. Many times I've shared on this show my great-uncle, the late Hearst Jacobs, who, when he died in 1970, was the winningest trainer in horse racing history. He'd won 3,596 races, but he never won a Triple Crown race. As great of a trainer as he was, it was one of the things that eluded him. And the year he died, his son, my cousin John, trained two horses that won the Preakness and the Belmont. But my uncle told me once, when I spent a, a week with him in the summer, a quote Sports is the greatest theater in the world. Everyone knows their part, but no one knows what will happen. I don't think it could have been stated any better. You know what you want to do. You know what you hope to do, but you don't know how it's going to go. And that's where psychologically, mentally, emotionally, you have to have a plan in your mind. You know, you feel you're better, you're stronger, you're faster, but that doesn't mean mentally you are. So how do you react to that and deal with that? That's one of the things that's so important, I think, for coaches as they plan out their seasons. And, of course, everyone, you know, the season starts, everybody's upbeat, positive, hoping things are going to go well. But you have to have that plan if things don't. And I think great athletes are the ones who are able to do that. We mentioned, of course, Patrick Mahomes right now, you know, is is on top of the world as a quarterback in the NFL. But his leadership skills, I think, I've never met him, but I've listened to him talk many times, and I've worked with several Chiefs players who've played with him, of course, the former Chief Center Mitch Morris has been on the show several times now with Buffalo. And Mitch talked about uh, Patrick's leadership skills and how he handled himself in pressure situations. And I think great leaders, whether they're an athlete or a coach, keep themselves even keeled as best as possible. They don't get too down. They don't get too high. They're able to emotionally stay stable and not let the scenario dictate how they're going to handle things. And that's where I think... You know, we talk about why the expectations of your team, that's where self-confidence comes in. I think perhaps more than anything else, one of the things that that I talk to athletes about more than anything else is self-confidence. How do you build up your confidence? How do you deal with confidence? What Confidence is the ability to believe in yourself, believe in your skills, your abilities, what you're about. And I think great athletes have the confidence to know whether they're way ahead or way behind or things are even keeled to stay within themselves. And that's why for, I think, a lot of the great teams, really do you see an upset happen? Really do you see the expectations not go the way you want? They may once in a while, but if they don't, they're able to come back from that. All right, once again, I'd love to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you deal with expectations of your team if things don't go well? How, as you as a coach, do you coach them? Also, as a fan when things don't go what way you want, what do you do about that? What do you do when things don't go the way you want for your team? And how do you handle that emotionally? How do you keep yourself even-keeled as well? Several years ago here in Kansas City, the Kansas City Royals were in the World Series two years in a row after a long, long drought. I've worked in the past a couple of times as their team psychologist. And back in 2014... They're in the playoffs, the wild card game against Oakland. They were down, I believe it was 5-3, to three, and they came back and won. They were down against Houston in the playoffs, and they came back and won. 
and they end up losing the World Series to San Francisco, but then won the next year. But I think the attitude of the team, and I was not working with them at the time, but I work with a lot of these players because I'd just been there a couple of years previous, was to keep playing, not to give up, not to quit. And I think that's one of the things that you see with, with teams that succeed when things don't go well, when things fall down, when the score isn't where you want it to be, when you're not playing the way you want, they don't lose their focus. They don't lose their at their attitude. It doesn't fall into the tank. They stay within themselves. And that's where, as as a sports psychologist, one of the things that people in my profession work with athletes on is, is that game plan. The game plan for when things go well and when things don't go well. How do you handle it both ways? And that's one of the key things, I think, that allows teams to succeed is having that mental mindset, that, that game plan, that psychological component that keeps them focused. Now, Blake, you mentioned when you played, okay, a situation where you've, you've been behind and you've come back before. Okay, how psychologically were you able to do that when things weren't going your way? As an individual athlete, how'd you look inside yourself? What do you think you did? Well, I think it, it really is the, one of the most cliche things and most, you know, repetitive things, but it was it was one play at a time. You know, it it really started, and I believe we were playing Blue Valley West. Um, it really just started. We were, I think, we were down something crazy, like fourteen to thirty-five. Like it was, it was nuts. And I just said, the next play, I'm gonna do something. And I uh, ended up making a blitz and uh, tackling the running back for a loss behind the line. And I said, okay, perfect, first play down. Next play, and, and we continuously every the next play, the next play after that, the next play after that. I think collectively as a team, we we kind of started feeding off each other's energy. Said, "Hey, who's got the next one?" And it almost became a team of of you know, like Red Rover, Red Rover. You know, send Johnny right over. You know, who's got the next one? I you got see, the next one. You're hitting on something that I I. It's it's funny you're saying that. We've never talked about this before, but I I have lots of little. Sayings, little we use initials for different things. One of them is TNP, the next play, or in golf or tennis, the next shot, or TNP, the next pitch, or TNK, the next kick. Okay, or TNS, the next serve. It depends what it is, but focus on the moment. Focus on what you're doing at that moment, and that that's one of the key things I think when when teams have uh, things not going their way. They're able to regret. You know, I think the successful athletes, successful teams, successful coaches have the mindset to slow things down, get refocused on what's going on at that moment, and not let the emotions get in the way of everything. And and, that, and that's part of it. I, I I talk about one of the key phrases I use is FOE, which is instead of FOR. FOE is focus on effort, focus on execution. And if you can focus on that, focus on what you're doing. Instead of FOR, focus on results. When you start focusing on results, and the great example is golf. When you're out there playing golf, you're doing well, and all of a sudden, let's say you're, you're, you're even par, and then you get a double bogey. And you start focusing on the fact that you're two over par, well, the next hole you may triple bogey because you're so focused on the fact, and, and then everything falls apart. And then you're, that's where the expectations come in. Oh, I'm screwing up. I'm not any good. And that's where that's where the mental part of this is so important. You know, we talk about on this show how you can play, perform the best you can. 
I don't care if you're an athlete. You, you could be a violinist. You could be a ballerina. Everybody's going to make a mistake. You know, you don't hope to, you don't want to, you don't expect to, but it's going to happen. So the key thing is having that game plan, that backup game plan, if something goes wrong. And that's where it's so important, I think, where coaches have, you know, coaches will spend a lot of time talking about plays and things like that, and coaches are big on motivational speeches. But I think one of the key things a coach can do, especially during competition, is keep an athlete even keeled. And that's where... I think working on you know preparation, focus, attitude, and confidence come in. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're talking about how expectations play a role in sports. How do you deal with expectations of your team or your performance when it doesn't go well? Give me a call and let's talk. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. State of Play with former Washington, D.C. Mayor Sharon Pratt. Our topic today, the pandemic or post-pandemic, as we talk about the human and work-related hiccups and possible residuals resulting from the pandemic. Now, the takeaway for me or the startling reality, for me at least, was that I knew this pandemic has had its impact. I mean, over 600,000 Americans dead, so many Americans sick. And we know our schedules would change, but it seems to have pulled the covers off of a lot of other issues, a lot of other fissures within our society, and particularly in the area of the workspace. For more, watch State of Play TV, Saturdays and Sundays at noon, 11 central on the Black News Channel, or go to State of Play TV on YouTube. Right now, our country feels divided, but there's a place where people are coming together. I gotta tell you, I was nervous to talk to someone so different than me. Me too, but I'm glad we are. Love Has No Labels and One Small Step are helping people with different political views, beliefs, and life experiences come together through conversation, and it feels good. Wow, your story is so... uh, Interesting? Yeah. When people actually sit down, talk, and listen to one another, they can break down boundaries and connect as human beings. At lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step, you can listen to amazing, life-changing conversations and find simple tools to start a conversation of your own. I know one thing. This conversation gives me hope. It gives me a lot of hope, too. Take a step toward bringing our country and your community together by having the courage to start a conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov slash plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. (laughs) No, you hold my hand. Here we go. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. 
This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the US Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810, WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week discussing the mental side of sports, and our shows are podcasted all over on all the apps, and uh, we've got about eight to ten years of podcasts now online. If you want to listen to them, I've had interviews throughout my career here with so many great people from from every realm of the world of sports. We've we've interviewed athletes, coaches, fans, uh, young, old, uh, doesn't matter the age. I've had all kinds of people on these shows, and uh, next week we're going to have a Chiefs Hall of Famer on the show, an NFL Hall of Famer actually on the show. And you'll be talking about comments about really what I'm talking about today, about how to deal with expectations, how you deal with success and failure. What does it take to do it? You know, the NFL season's getting started, and everybody's got high hopes for their teams. Everybody's got goals of accomplishing certain things throughout the season. Of course, here in Kansas City, Chiefs are heavily favored by many people to go back to the Super Bowl for a third consecutive year. And who knows what's going to happen? We'll, we'll know come January, come February, when everything's done. And throughout the course of a season, throughout the course of any year, any type of sports season, every team starts off with high hopes. The key thing is to keep that going to succeed, you've got to have a mental game plan as well as a physical game plan. A mental game plan is the what-ifs. What if something doesn't go the way you want? How are you going to adjust? How are you going to respond? Of course, in football, one of the key things is injuries. Injuries can happen to anybody. So how do you react? How do you respond? What's your game plan? There's a a philosophy in the NFL, next man up. And many teams have had that and have succeeded because of that. They don't freak out. They keep going. And I think in any sport, you have to have the mindset to be prepared mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, and nutritionally for all the things that may come up. Blake, you wanted to comment on that. Yeah, I was going to say, in regards to expectations, I think most athletes have to realize, especially young athletes, that your ex- expectations have to be your expectations. I understand that you know there's outside factors. There's what your coaches want, um, as far as maybe a record is what your parents want, or maybe what your 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 school wants, or maybe your friends are expecting. Oh man, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to you know. At the end of the day, it has to be your expectations. You should follow what you are expecting out of yourself, and well, if you can do what is expected on what you're expecting out of yourself, you're going to be more fulfilled as a player and it's going to allow you to perform better because you're not performing for other people's expectations. You end up performing for your own expectations. And sometimes, and eventually what you'll find, and most times, your expectations will eventually be higher and more reasonable than other people's expectations. Well, you, you hit it on the head there, but the other side of the coin with that is when things don't start off the way you want, you don't freak out and lose lose your focus. If you have a game plan, you've practiced, you're ready for whatever it is you may do, you have to be prepared for, as, as I said earlier, the what-ifs. What if something doesn't – you're playing golf. You're warming up, and I hear this all the time from golfers. You know, I'm hitting the ball great on the practice range. My putts are dropping on the, on the, on the putting green. And I go to the first hole, and I duck hook my drive into the rough on the left behind a tree. You know, I was crushing him on the driving range, and then, boom, here I am. And then all that negativity starts to fly into their head. What's wrong with me? I suck. I'm terrible. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. It's one shot. 
take a practice swing, visualize what you did wrong, go on to the next shot, picture yourself hitting it properly, and go to the next shot. So then you go to the next shot with a positive in your mind. When when something goes wrong in, in whatever sport you're playing, this is where the mental part comes in about having that, as I say, plan B. So instead of freaking out, losing control emotionally, you stay even keeled and say, all right, what did I do? Yeah, you're going to be upset for a second. I'm sure if you dropped an interception that was in your hands, you'd be upset. If you double fault in a tennis match on, on match point, you might be upset. You might freak out if you strike out. But the key thing is, what did I do wrong? How do I learn from this? How do I grow from this? How do I get better? That's the key thing with any sport. And I, and I see it with the great athletes and the great coaches and teams have the ability to do that. When something doesn't go right, they make adjustments. They're they're flexible. I have a figurine on my desk of Gumby. Blake, you know who Gumby is? That's good. It's amazing. A lot of people don't. Gumby's that little green, green guy. You know, he's Mister Flexibility. And I've got the horse Pokey as well. So you 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 can bend him, shape him, all kinds of things, and then he pops back into his original shape. And that's why I tell athletes be flexible. You know, I try to use that analogy. To, to be flexible with what you do and, and come back. What would you want to come back? I was just going to say, we had a <laughs> we had a friend in, in high school whose nickname was Gumby on the football field. Because he was that flexible. Because he was that flexible. He like he was one of these players that you thought was going to get destroyed or he got lost in the crowd or in the in the scrum, and all of a sudden he'd pop pops out somewhere back, else. And you're like, where did you come from? Well, but that flexibility I think is so important. And then one of the other analogies I like to use is, if you're in a canoe going down a river. So let me ask you this question, Blake. You're in a canoe going down a river. What can happen? A lot of different things can you're, happen. You're guiding the boat. You're in the stern. You're directing the boat. But what can happen? It, a lot of things can happen. We could crash into the rocks. We could, we could capsize. We could uh, catch a leak. Or we could get there safely. It just all you know, depends on... You know, isn't it interesting you talked about the negatives first? Of course. I said, what could happen? You could have said, well, we could just float down the river. I'm guided. We, we could have. We get our destination. First thing you said is you could crash into rocks or capsize or whatever. Okay, so the key thing is you're going down that river. You're in the stern. You're directing the boat, and you've got to move around a lot of things. There could be rocks up there, but you move it around. There could be a waterfall, so you take the boat out and portage down, down the hill. You could hit a, a, a split in the river, and all of a sudden there's calm water or there's, a, there's some rough water. Which way do you go? You're in charge. And that, I think that's the key thing that happens to a lot of teams and athletes when things don't go well is they lose their focus. They lose their confidence. They lose their ability to fe- believe that they're in charge. They start to allow the other team, the opponent, to take control. And that's where mentally, psychologically, emotionally, things start to fall apart. So I think, as I said earlier, the key, the key thing here with what I'm talking about today is this topic. And I, I think it's a really important one because whatever sport you play, there will be ups and downs in it. There will be momentum shifts. There will be changes in how things go. And I think if you are, are, are psychologically grounded, if you've got an even keel with yourself, you're not going to get, you know, you hear the great athletes say, when things go well, I don't get too high. When things go poorly, I don't get too low. You know, you may be excited for a moment, but then you come right back. And that's where that even-keeled emotional stability is so important. And that's where I think in practice, practicing that, you know, lots of coaches I've talked to over the years have said, you know, Doc, one of the things we try to do, we'll practice failure. We'll practice screwing up. We'll practice making mistakes. And then we'll talk about how do you feel about that. I have a, a minor league baseball pitcher I'm working with right now who's been doing really well, and he had a really bad game the other day. 
really bad game. Gave up a bunch of runs. He hadn't. He'd only given up a couple runs in the last uh, what three four weeks, and then he gave up several in the one inning. And I saw he just pitched yesterday and came back pitched a scoreless inning. And one of the key things we talked about with that is okay. You didn't want this to happen. Didn't expect this to happen. You've been, you've been on a roll, but we had talked about. What if? What if something goes wrong? How are you going to bounce back? And to his credit, haven't talked to him yet, but he came back yesterday, pitched a scoreless inning, I think mentally because psychologically he didn't let that negative outing get to him. There were a couple bouncing, the balls bounced a couple different ways, and if not, he would have gotten out of that inning. So he's confident with his, himself, and you know, sometimes the results won't be there. And I think great athletes have that ability to psychologically stay stable within themselves and not let the scenario dictate how they're going to feel. They, they, if their confidence is there, if their focus is there, if their mindset is there, that's what they can do. This topic is one that, if you're listening to this podcast, you, I know you played sports, you've related to this. You have all had situations, I certainly have had a lot of them, when I've played sports in my life, where things have not gone well. And then the key thing is, how do I bounce back? So that's where I think... The expectations you have for your your game, for your competition that day, I think have, as I said earlier, to sum up, have a plan A and plan B. Plan A is here's how I hope things are going to go. Here's how I want them to go. Plan B is the what-if plan. What if things don't go my my way? What if things for some reason don't start off the way I want? How am I going to regroup, refocus, get back on the game plan? And I think the successful teams and athletes are able to do that. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week talking about these topics. Hope you enjoy the shows. Our shows are podcasted everywhere. Just type in Dr. Andrew Jacobs Sports Psychology Hour, and you'll find it on your favorite podcast. And, you know, there are a lot of ways you can reach me. You can get a hold of me in my office. That number is 816-561-5556. I do take appointments via telehealth. I do a lot of Zoom, FaceTime appointments, give speeches on these topics all the time. You can always give me a uh, send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. Check out my website, winnersunlimited.com, where I have my book, Just Let Him Play, for sale, as well as a lot of digital downloads on relaxation and visualization exercises for sports. You can follow me on Twitter at drjsportspsych. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please tell your friends about it. If they play sports, if they coach, if they compete, let them know about our podcast. Lots of people are listening to these podcasts. Now I'm getting calls from all over the place. The goal of this show is to help people out, help you have fun, be your best. Have a great week. Talk to you next week. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. And now, State of Play with former Washington, D.C. Mayor Sharon Pratt. Our topic today, black homeownership, or should I say the abysmally low level of black homeownership in the United States today. Here we are in 2021 and black homeowners have not recovered from the foreclosure crisis of 2008. A white high school dropout is more likely to own a home than a black college graduate. It's a dispiriting conversation. This notion of racism and resistance to black homeownership is so baked into the system. At least that's my takeaway. For more, watch State of Play TV Saturdays and Sundays at noon, 11 central on the Black News Channel or go to State of Play TV on YouTube. 
If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.